you don't waste any Welcome to the Ocean Hills podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world. It is Christmas Eve, and we are going to celebrate being young and being alive. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. To kindness and love, the things we need most. You can't hurt Christmas, Mr. Mayor, because it isn't about the, the gifts or the contests or the fancy lights. That, that's what Cindy's been trying to tell everyone. Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Thank you to the video crew that put that together. Ooh, that's a bright light. Hey, I, I want a true confession here. I actually love, 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 love American cultural Christmas. I mean, I, I love the movies. I love The Grinch. I love Elf. I love uh, Miracle on 34th Street. It's a Wonderful Life. Love Actually, not so much, but I know, I know that's part of the Christmas. I love that movie, The Holiday, man. I, don't, I just, so when you think about Christmas, the cultural Christmas, it's lights, it's family, it's gifts, it's spending too much money on a Christmas tree, it's, right? And I don't think that the American celebration of Christmas is evil, but we, I guess what I would want to say is there's something underneath it all, isn't there? When we sing a song, oh come, let us adore him, why would we sing that? Why would we sing, oh come, let us adore him? What's, what's behind that? Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas, rediscovering Christmas is the title of this new Advent series. Not to say that the way we celebrate it in American culture is bad, but, but it might be a, a little bit where we're missing the point. And there may be people here that you enjoy American Christmas, but don't know the spiritual meaning behind what the Bible teaches. What, can somebody tell me what Christmas is all about? And I love that song, that Christmas hymn, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. That is the appropriate response to Christ coming to this world. And, and over the next several weeks, we're going to plant ourselves and soak in 
the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Over the next four weeks, John chapter 1, bring your Bible, John chapter 1. We're just looking at a few verses this morning. I've titled this message, The Wow of Christmas. Think about it in your own life. When was the last time you went, wow, 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 yesterday? Yesterday, I had two wow experiences, believe it or not. Not in my notes, but since I experienced it, it made my notes. I was in my car at a stoplight, and I, I, I was first one in line. The light was there, and I reached down. Something had fallen off of my, the passenger seat in my car, and I just reached down to secure it, and apparently... In that three seconds that I reached down, the person behind me saw that the light in front of me turned green and just laid on the horn. And out of my mouth went, wow, really? Wow, really? You're you're gonna be that impatient with me, wow. Now that would be the wow of disappointment. Christmas is not the wow of disappointment. Christmas is the wow of a week ago, I had a friend, just, we had this interaction. He walked up to me and I went, dude, I love, I love, I love what you're wearing. I reached up behind his neck. I go, what is, what is that? He's like, dude, I go, dude, I love that. I love that. Last night, I get a phone call. Hey, where are you? I go, well, my wife and I are babysitting our, our grandson right now. And, uh, and I'm online looking for that, that uh, jacket that you were wearing that I saw you in. I got to get that thing. Literally 30 seconds later, he shows up on my door and this jacket I'm wearing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. Wow. So this is an object lesson. The wow of the gift of Christmas. I was so unexpected. I went, wow, amazing. And so I want, uh, I want to read for you from a little devotion. Paul David Tripp, oh, come, let us adore him. As I was at my friend Kurt Holmes' house yesterday watching the Alabama-Georgia game. And uh, his wife, Melinda, overheard us talking about it. He, he says, what are you speaking on tomorrow? So I was sharing it with him. And then she came in. And said, hey, did you know that? So it's great. See, we, we learn in community. So Melinda, I don't know if you're here, but thank you for this. In the beginning of this uh, devotional, here's what Paul David Tripp writes. He says, it's mind-boggling, hard to grasp. It, let, me, let me say that again. It is a mind-boggling, hard to grasp, awesome story unlike any other story ever told. But what makes this story so wonderful and so important is not that its plot is way beyond anything you'd ever conceived. What makes this story vital to know and understand is that it is not a well-crafted fantasy. The thing that should make you stop in your tracks, and I'll add, and say, wow, The thing that should make you stop in your tracks, activate your heart and mind, and fall to your knees and say, 
wow is that this story is real. It took place in real time at real locations with real people. All human history was marching to the specific point in time when this story would unfold and the implications of the events of this story reach to everyone who's lived since. And then he goes on to say on December 1st, it is a wonderful, mysterious, hard to grasp, and beyond the scope of our normal reasoning story. But when you get it, but when you get it, when you come to fully understand the purpose and implications of this story, it'll change you. It'll change your life. It'll move you to sing, O come, O come, let us adore him. And that's what we're going to do here in the next few minutes is adore him through this story. John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, notice the shift in like he, John is now personalizing the word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made, all things were made through him. Without him and without him was not anything made that was made. So real quick in the time that we have here, uh, the word that's used, the word Logos, logos, word, word, word. You notice that? That word that's repeated word, where in the beginning was the word. Well, in, back in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, that word refers to action rather than an idea. It has to do more with action. So when you read in Psalm 33, 6, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. It's, a, it's an action word. But then in the Greek language, in the New Testament, this word, it has to do with the reason of God, right? It has to do more with meaning and purpose and design and why are we here and why did God create? Why is God, what was his intent? What was he doing in the beginning was the word, the word was with, the word was God. And then if you skip down to verse 14, it says, and then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What, an, what a radical thought, what, that, that God, the God who's behind it all, the God who where there is no beginning or end became a man, became a person, became a human being, lived among us and died on a cross and rose again and now fills us with a message of hope that we too can experience healing, full restoration, all things new, relationships that are healthy and whole. He gives us that hope. So today, rediscovering the wow of Christmas. 
The challenge of this message for me all week is like, it's, it's, it's a message that, that gets us here, but how, how can I get it from here to here? And I think it's actually Casey and Brian and the worship team, that's what you were doing, was helping us move it from here to here as we sing, as we worship. That's the response. The response to John 1, 1 through 3 is, oh, come, let us adore him. So rediscovering the wow of Christmas. My first point is the wow of an intelligent designer. So much greatness. Two times in the beginning. It's shorthand for Genesis 1. Did you think of that? When I read in the beginning, it makes us think of Genesis 1, where we read in the beginning, what's the next word? God. You could stop right there. In the beginning, God. Because God has no beginning or end. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I love that... Um, I love this idea. Sometimes we get caught up in the, well, how, how, how did this happen? And I've had intellectual debates with friends about it. Was, was it, was it seven 24 hour days or does it, does it have to be that? And what about what scientists say? And I love Tremper Longman, who's was professor of old Testament up at Westmont. And also when I was at Fuller uh, and at North park, Rob Johnson, the big idea of Genesis one and John one, the teaching, the purpose behind it isn't, is not to teach us how God created the earth. It's to teach us who is behind it all. That's important for you to understand that. We can get stuck in the how, but that's not the purpose of the writing of the scriptures. The, the purpose is the who is behind it and then to adore that he is behind. and so if he's behind it there's a whole lot of ways it could happen but he's the one who's behind it and there's never been a time when god the god of the scriptures jesus there's never been a time when he did not exist wow there is no beginning or end to him he's behind it all wow Think about all the physical laws that govern our universe. Think about gravity. Think about oxygen. Think about the tides, the seasons, the earth rotating, the miracle of the human body, the way it's organized and functions. We have to come to terms with that. We have to ask the big question, is that just random by chance or is it possible that there's a creator, an intelligent designer behind it all that makes it all work, that sustains it all? Followers of Jesus believe that there is a creator, an intelligent designer, and his name is Jesus. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then, and the word became flesh. Jesus Christ is behind it all. I love the word transcendent. It's a great word that describes God. It means he's beyond all else. He's beyond all categories, beyond words, beyond description. We can't put him in a box. We try to. We try to domesticate this wow God, the creator of heaven and earth. 
We try and put them in a box, but I love Anne Lamott's insight. She says this, she put it this way, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. So I'm gonna let that quote mess with some of you in here today. Let God become bigger and better than you think because he is. Here's the second reflection. It's the wow of creation. There's so much beauty. Verse 3 of John 1, God created everything through him, through Jesus, and nothing was created except through him. Now, you have to come to terms with the truth of what's in God's word. The Bible says that Jesus is behind it all. He created everything. Nothing was created except through him. Colossians, Paul put it this way, chapter 1, verse 16, speaking about Jesus. For through him, God created everything. And everything was created through him and, say it, for him. Think about that. You were created for him. You were created by him and for him. What does that mean? What does that mean? You were created to be in a relationship with the living God. You were created by him and for him to bring him glory, to become more like him, more full of light and love and generosity and forgiveness. You were created by him and for him. He's behind all the beauty in this world and all the beauty in and around your life. And his dream is that you and I would become, begin to live a beautiful life. What would, it, what would it look like for you to live a beautiful life? Is, that, is stinginess a beautiful life? Is being a curmudgeon critical, cynical, sarcastic, negative. Is that, raise your hand if you're like, dude, that's what I'm aspiring to, man. That's the beautiful life. Unforgiving and bitter and resentful. Raise your hand. That's the beautiful life I'm looking for. No. We have a God. His name is Jesus, according to the scriptures. And he has created so much beauty. And I just wonder if you have recently, lately, had a wow moment in creation. I want you to. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to maybe have a wow. We have, I think, six slides. They're going to be on the screen just, just for five seconds each. Maybe we can turn the lights down and, and just simmer in this, that this is why, what, God behind all this to say I love you.
on the count of three. Let's say that one word all together. One, two, three. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> this Thursday morning, 5.45 a.m. Wow. We're inviting all of you to join us for our Advent sunrise experience. Meet at the Dolphins down at the wharf right there on Cabrillo Boulevard. We meet at the Dolphins and then we're gonna, Pastor Jono and the team is gonna lead us into an experience, a wow experience of our creator in creation and through the story. And so you're gonna get to before the sun rises, experience the, the moon and the stars, the ocean, the light, the chill in the air, the warmth of God's people, all, all of these, all parts of creation, but the creator who's behind it, we get to adore him. And so, unless you have a great excuse, except I don't like to get up that early in the morning, I can't wait to see you. 5.45 this Thursday morning. The people of God, we're going to come together and experience the beauty of our creator and what he's given us as a gift. And then here's my last reflection on John 1, the first three verses. It's the wow of relationship. So much love. According to John, uh, it's two times it said, through him and without him. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. But then it says, all things were made through him and without him. And it's all about relationship. The scriptures are pointing us to connect, to embrace, to lean into a life-giving, healthy, vibrant, loving relationship with God and his name is Jesus. It's not an impersonal force. God is not an it. It's not polytheism, the belief in many gods. It's not pantheism, the belief that God and creation are one and the same. We're not worshiping the ocean or the trees. We're worshiping the God behind it who created it. And the most important thing to know about this word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word, the most important thing to know is that the word became flesh. The creator entered into, and that's what we celebrate this Christmas. N.T. Wright, great New Testament theologian, he says this, if you want to know who the true God is, look long and hard at Jesus. That's what we want to invite you to do this Advent season, to look long and hard at Jesus. Let me blow your mind with this verse. Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. I hope in your spirit it creates a wow for you. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. 
Did you hear that? His unchanging plan. Jesus coming to planet Earth, it's not plan B. It's not like plan A got screwed up. His unchanging, God knew, God has foreknowledge. He knew that, that the sin disease would rupture and fracture our relationship with him. He knew that. He knew that, that we would choose selfishness and that that would create darkness. That's what sin does. It separates us in relationship. It was his unchanging plan, but I love this. He chose us. He chose you. He wants you to be in his family. I love this Rick Warren quote. Rick Warren says, the whole reason God, the whole, listen to that, the whole reason God created the universe is because he wanted a family. Wow. I mean, that makes me say, wow. And that family is the church, his church is the reason the universe exists. Man, just take that quote home and simmer and soak and reflect on that. Long before the world was made, his unchanging plan has been to bring you, to bring me to God, to have a friendship with the living God. That's what Christmas is all about. That's plan A. The unchanging plan is that God wants to be known. God wants to be enjoyed. God wants to be glorified. God wants to be adored. God wants to be loved. And he wants you to know that you are loved. So let me lead us to the table. There's a little passage here that I love in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And so we celebrate communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, the bread, the cup. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took a loaf of bread surrounded by his closest friends, the disciples, and he broke the bread and he said to them, this is my body, it's, it's broken for you and take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took, it was a cup of wine back then. We, got, we have grape juice up here today. Um, and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Take it and drink it for the forgiveness of sins. And so you're invited to rediscover Christmas even this morning. Maybe, maybe this is your first advent, your first time of taking communion where you went, wow, I didn't really completely connect the dots that there is this person named Jesus who actually is God, who became a man. And because of love, it was love that drove him to the cross to die for us for the forgiveness of sins so we could have a relationship with God. If that is the desire of your heart, is to have a relationship with God. You don't have to have it all figured out. Don't put them in a box. In fact, if you have figured out that God hates all the same people you do, you probably shouldn't come. 
This is for those of us that are like, I don't have it figured out, but God, by your grace, I receive your forgiveness. And I want you to guide me and lead me in the truth and in the way of Jesus, which is the way of love and light. Let me pray for us. And then when you're ready, come. We have the gluten-free stations are on the end, individual cups if you want to do that. Otherwise, you rip off a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup. You rip off a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup. If you want to kneel, you can do that. But come down the center. I've been told to tell you, come down the center aisles and go out this way. We will have prayer team in the corner as well, but come down the center and then go out there. Let me pray for us. And we are a community. Maybe just without being creepy, put, put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Could you do that? We're a family. We're a family. Just do that. <laughs> kind Father, this experience of communion isn't an individual thing. We are your family. And so together, we, we need each other and we need you. And even in this moment, we confess that we hurt each other. We carry bitterness. We have fractures and strains that, that need forgive, forgiveness. And we have sinned against you. We've offended you. We've rebelled against you. We've turned our backs on you. We've neglected to trust you and walk in your ways. And, and so in this moment, we would simply own that not deny it, not make excuses, not point the finger, not blame others, but own it and say to you right now, God, forgive me. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me so that I'll be clean, so that I'll become whiter than snow invite you to forgive each one of us in this moment as we come and celebrate new life, new beginnings, fresh starts, forgiveness of sin, intimacy with you. We say thank you and we adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. When you're ready, you can come forward, participate. God bless you.